Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Real Feels Podcast. Thank you for joining us. If this is your first time joining us, we here at the Real Feels Podcast do a different movie genre with a different movie fortnightly. Fortnightly. <laughs> but today is actually a rather special episode because we have our Tooch Line voicemail winner brought to us by... One, Mr. Juan Rodriguez. And Juan did call the Tooch Line. He did leave us a voicemail on the Tooch Line, and we love Juan for that. We really Woo-hoo. do, because Juan is yes. one of the few people who have actually done it. And Juan, I think, comprises uh, 50% of the total Tooch Line callers, uh, excluding myself when I get bored when working Saturday and prank call the line. You, Yeah, uh, your number pops up, and it, it is automatically saved as Buffalo Jack. So it <laughs> so it comes in as Buffalo there Jack. I think I'm trying to think of how many people have actually called. I think it's just Would been Sean me? from What Does It Matter I'd one, and then Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I'd review me so hard, uh, and then Steve from uh, Everything I Learned from Movies. <laughs> Jesus. So I think I called it did? as I think I called it as uh, Bill Clay. Clay. Yeah, you time. did. Yeah, you did. You're like Clay. this is Clay. Bill, Bill Clay. Clay. What movie did uh did this good sir? Pick John Malkovich? No, not being John Malkovich. He he did have an original choice, but then we we kind of had to you know hit the brakes and uh, put a stop to it for reasons. But he came back around, and he's giving us 2013's Inside Lewin Davis. Uh, outer oh. space. <laughs> oh, outer oh, space. Mr. Had to open your big mouth, huh, Funda Boy? I'm sorry, who are you? Oh! If I had wings, I'd know stuff. I'd fly the river. Lift the music's not. What? Quit? Just exist? What'd you say you played? Folk songs. Folk songs. Thought you said you were a musician. I need to borrow some money. Not again. Do you ever think about the future at all? You mean like move to the suburbs, have kids? That's bad. If that's what music is for you, a way to get to that place, then yeah, it's, it's, it's a little careerist. And it's a little square. And it's a little sad. Walt Singer with a cat. Is that part of your act? Every time you play a C major, you'd puke a hairball? I remember one evening In the pouring rain in my heart was an aching pain. Fare thee well, my honey. Fare thee well. Mel, there was no advance on my solo record. There's got to be some royalty. Mel? Mel! How you doing, kid? Life ain't worth living without the one you love. 
Jazz, you know, we play all the notes. Twelve notes of the scale, not three chords on a ukulele. Oh, if you make a living at it, more power to you. Fetty my honey, fairly well. <laughs> Where's his scrotum, Nathan? Where's his scrotum? Oh, you're such an asshole. <laughs> this... <laughs> This is such an interesting film. I mean, you, you okay? So Coen Brothers directed. You have a budget of eleven million dollars. It inevitably made back pretty dang close, just shy of thirty-three million dollars. So it definitely made its money back. It's uh, it flew under the radar for me. I mean, I don't know where I was when this came out, like two thousand thirteen. I don't know how I missed it. But this wait wasn't two thousand thirteen the year that you watched Paul Blart Mall Cop once a day every day for three hundred and sixty-five days, and you called it three hundred and sixty by days of Paul Blart. Was this a thing? You know nothing of my work. <laughs> <laughs> true, is that true? No, that's not <laughs> true. Oh. Uh, but it was plausible. Nathan oh, thought it was plausible. 100%. I thought it was going to have a, or, or at least like a full month of like Paul Blart, like under. Oh my god! Just because I like Paul Blart doesn't mean I watch it all the time. Nugget of truth, just a (laughs) little nugget, panning for gold. (laughs) This is not a little nugget. Nathan's all like, "This isn't a little nugget. It's a family pack." (laughs) Jesus. Uh, No, but this one like flew under the radar for me. I do not remember this movie coming out. Neither did I. And. Uh, this is probably, hey, you know what? Oh, wait, no, this is not a uh, another round of uh, everyone has a first viewing because Jack had seen it before. I watched all the Coen Brothers movies. Oh. Yeah. I make a make a point of it. Yeah, and that's like, why I was so surprised that I, that I missed it. <laughs> Listen up, <laughs> you enough, peasants. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, well, it's got a lot of star power from before these people really became stars. Eh, well, okay, so I mean. Some of them. I mean, Adam Driver was on Girls at that point. He hadn't done really much else. Right, right. Oscar Isaac hadn't... uh, Become Poe. I hadn't really... Yeah, he hadn't become Poe. He hadn't done a lot of things. Adam Driver hadn't become, you know... uh, That's true. He did did Ex Machina Mm -hmm. after this, so he wasn't even even at that level Mm -hmm. yet. But you have John Goodman. Yeah, really, the only noticeable guy was, uh, wait, wasn't the one guy from, uh, wasn't Neelix in this? Ethan Phillips was in this. Yeah. I was so happy Neelix to see Ethan Phillips. and John Phillips. Goodman were really the only, and uh, uh, what's, uh, was it Murray, F. Murray Abraham? He's uh, He plays uh, the narrator in Zero from. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, what's, uh, what's that movie on? Zero, the, help me. Help me. I don't know. The Zero Grand Dark- Budapest Hotel. Okay. Oh, okay. And he's been in a whole hell of a lot of other things, too. Yeah, it's... Man, it's... But those were really the only faces that you might recognize in 2013. Right. Uh, and I mean, even even with Ethan Phillips and John Goodman as probably being, like, the most recognizable actors, at least at the time, it's not even so much the fact that, like... Ethan Phillips is even on the same level as John Goodman. However, you hear his voice before you see him. And you know that voice from Voyager, despite the fact that, like, the makeup is gone and he's no longer a Talaxian. But, I mean, even John Goodman's character as uh, Roland Turner, so weird, so interesting. Yeah. And... Uh, he's just again it's much like Tim Burton is always going to grab like Helena Bonham Carter or Johnny Depp for his movies the Coen brothers are constantly going to be grabbing at John Goodman and uh, so this is it's been described as the natural continuation of Oh Brother Where Out Thou so that was folk music at its heyday versus the sort of the folk music revival of the the 60s 
Uh, and they're also, the Coen brothers say, both loosely adapted on the Odyssey. Right. I mean, there's a lot of, I think, as, as like you're saying, like there's like a connection between a lot of, of the Coen brothers movies. You know, some critics are even saying that like some of the movies like really like speak to each other. And for movies that are typically like this, this is a musical, like 100% a musical. So you have Oh Brother Arthur was a musical, Ballad of Bustard Scruggs also has various songs that people are breaking out into. Hell, Caesar had some music. It's it's interesting to see that well, again this Caesar. continuation in style. Well, even when he uh, he goes back, you know, he returns home, so to speak, to uh, Neelix's home. Right. And they had the cat came back, and the cat's <laughs> name is Ulysses, which is another sort of reference to to the source material. But uh, I read a few snippets where they were interviewed by Terry Gross on Fresh Air on NPR a few years ago, and they say these are based on the Odyssey or the Iliad, but they also haven't read. <laughs> these books and the the one of the code brothers says it's on my nightstand i keep on looking at it and then i go to pick it up and i think mm, no i don't know if like if you could directly relate 100 percent into it to the odyssey or the it's Iliad. just the, it's he, very leaves, mu- he leaves he right. leaves home goes on a voyage and then right. comes it's, back it's very much okay it's very much a hero's journey but even with like the hero's journey they're supposed to start off as yeah, one point not even a, he's not come, even really a hero I, well, I don't even know what he's hero, supposed to be hero hero is like a rough term it's, yeah it's, it's all sure. about like your protagonist and they're supposed to start off like ordinary and then come back somehow changed. But however, seems however like he, with Lewin Davis, he doesn't come back changed. He it comes, seems like he, he starts the movie knee deep in shit and he ends the movie knee deep in shit. He starts off an asshole. He comes back the same asshole. But I mean, it's interesting where he doesn't have this sort of change for him. He still has this dark limboing atmosphere that is surrounded in the entire film. It's studded in the lighting, in the music, and in the encounters that he comes across. He does have a great voice. Oh, he does. For the first song, Hang Me, Oh, Hang Me, I, I was hooked at that point. I was like, you have my attention. Hang me, oh, hang me I'll be dead and gone Hang me Oh hang me I'll be dead and gone I wouldn't mind the hanging But the laying in the grave So long Poor boy been All around this world because, I mean, I, I for one grew up with like folk music or at least like the styles of folk music. Uh, my dad was very much into what's known as like country folk music or cowboy poetry. So I heard a lot of this as a kid. So the styling of it very much like it. And growing up, I loved listening to things like, you know, John Denver. And now I can't think of his Bob name. Dylan. Bob Dylan, the thank you, Jeez. poetry, is that where the lyrics are like, and my truck got fixed, <laughs> and my baby came home, and I unblacked her eye. No, I can actually give you, um, because my my dad plays uh, cowboy music, mm. this like kind of folky cowboy music. Um, right. One song like, is called Continental Cowboy, and it's about a cow, <laughs> it's, it's about this like really well-dressed cowboy that goes to a ranch. Well, he walks out in the arena, all dressed up to the brim. Said he just came down from a place called Highland Rim. But he said he came to ride the horse, the one they call the brute. But he didn't look like a cowboy in his continental suit. And it's it's all like story. 
Like everything they right, ha- it's all stories. Yeah, and that's that's the whole thing about Continental Cowboy is by uh, Marty Robbins in the album album The Drifter. Oh, it, it was right on the tip of my tongue. Right on the tip. Shut of, up. <laughs> but he. Uh, <laughs> But it's all about like how he he can like he goes to this ranch and they're like oh yeah there's this uh this horse that's you, know, you just can't can't break city it city of slicker cowboy and he shows them that like yeah like I might be well dressed but like I can still be like a badass cowboy and just I wrestle right. all day <laughs> all day <laughs> right and it, and it is about like all telling stories I mean it's kind of like looking at different songs like you know uh, it, Nathan will know it from playing Fallout like Big Iron on his hip. To the town of our free road, a stranger one fine day. Hardly spoke to folks around him, didn't have too much to say. No one dared to ask his business, no one dared to make a slip. The stranger there among them had a big iron on his hip, big iron on his hip. Yeah, there's a song called Big John. Every morning at the mine you could see him arrive He stood six foot six and weighed 245 Kind of broad at the shoulder and narrow at the hip And everybody knew you didn't give no lip to Big John Big John, Big John Big Bad John and other songs like that, where again, it's 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 giving from a start to a finish. And some of these some of these songs, though, incredibly incredibly beautiful and sung super super well by Oscar Isaac. So tragic. I think the songs uh, shine brightest for this movie. Yes, uh, the acting as well. But as far as the pace, the plot, even the Coen brothers stated that halfway through the movie or halfway through developing the movie, they realized they didn't even have a plot. So their fix was they put the cat in and just were interested to see what would happen. Where's the scrotum? I guess working with the cat was a nightmare. And uh, I they'll, can only they'll, imagine. They'll, they'll never do it again. But this movie does a fair share of meandering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there are times during this movie, as beautifully shot as it is and well acted, that I'm just sort of sitting there going, okay, what the fuck is going on here? And and again, what is the point? There, there's very little point to this movie. Uh, again, nailing what you just said of acting, song, cinematography, everything is really like good, but it's kind of like, wait, why am I watching this? There's just no, there's no problem besides him being a douchebag that just like he nails the moochiness that is, you know, that like hipster. <laughs> Some of the people we may know. <laughs> <laughs> even going there but yeah but like, i'll, I'll, I'll you, take that uh, i'll take their responsibility you have you oh. have his ability to try and better himself he's always wanting to get his career off the ground however he's penniless he's homeless and he's a, and he's a dick but it, it doesn't seem to change anymore but it, it doesn't seem to change anything. And and everything is also like, again, not necessarily his fault. And I think part of it that we soon learn is that his former partner, who he sang with, committed suicide. And it's a little bit of this same grief that seems to be following him. I, I wanted more of more that background. background. I, wanted I, I feel like it was just it was just sort of 
like seasoned in there and they're like oh you know this this soup has turmeric in it and i'm like well all i chase taste is chicken stock you know i I don't i'm not really getting that spice coming through here but there's like your plot like point you could have easily made where you have flashbacks of like why he committed suicide like really like what did did he kind of drive him to this and the voice that is mike is Marcus Mumford from Mumford mm-hmm. and Sons. And so it's a nice little, like, one, great folk voice, but just that kind of mystery of who is this guy that you obviously care about and to the point where, like, he, like, flips out on... Oh, yeah. Uh, what's her <laughs> uh, Lillian? Yeah, I, I feel like this movie started after the actual movie ended. Does that make sense? <laughs> like, there's this whole story going into this. I mean, this, technically it and did. And then we're just, this movie is just about the aftermath. Like, this feels like a sequel to another movie that is a little bit more forward with its its plot and pacing and story. They tried to fill it in. It's it's a constant kind of, like, uh, thing that's found in Coen Brothers movies where it's, like, it's circular history. They try to bring it full circle and come back. But... I don't know. I I personally would have loved to have seen a deeper story about Mike and uh, Lewin in like, were they all were they trying to get big together? Were they trying to get that gold record? Were they trying to become big? Is his main goal now to continue that goal for Mike and himself or even more so for Mike because he can't do it? I don't know. And in Oh Brother, John Goodman played the Cyclops. The Cyclops. I, I couldn't like I wish I knew what. What character, if any, they were basing this uh, sort of rundown heroin addict off of? I mean, it, it was interesting there, but it was also really sad. Yeah, it seemed like such a random encounter too. Like, what was the like? I mean, he was getting the he was bumming the ride to Chicago because he wanted to make sure that Grossman. I think was the record exec. He wanted to make sure that he got his record because he doesn't trust his own agent to the fact that the record was actually sent. And then he bums a ride with these two guys that Adam Driver's character said, oh, they're driving to Chicago and they wanted someone to help pay for gas. But like, who who was? Who was and, Roland and, and Turner? That was, that was also driven by the soldier that had told him, you know, that I'm going to Chicago and, you know, I'm going to be playing for Bud Grossman. At yeah. The, at the, was it Which the, he has a good voice, yeah. too. It's a lesson too late for the learning Made of sand, made of sand In the wink of an eye my soul is turning In your hand, in your hand Are you going away with no word of farewell? There be not a trace left behind. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, but again, it, it seemed more of his his drive to go there was more in you know looking better than the the soldier boy uh, right. than actually tried to jumpstart his career. It just seemed like, well, fuck this guy. I'm going to go do that and do it. What better. a great scene, though, when Oscar eyes they're at the club. And he's like, and I'm going to need a little bit of help from my friend. And he's like, I don't even have my fucking guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Jim and Gene. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's not talking. The world is not revolving around you. Right. Because he's so sure of himself at this place that he does play at. And he, he thinks he's important enough to 
for someone he had just met to suddenly be all like, oh, he wants to Would you all like sing. to hear some jazz right, flute? Right, like, I, so. uh, no, I, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not even prepared. <laughs> uh, no, but the real, I think one of the realest moments of this movie is when Lillian is like, oh, play the song, play the song. And like, you know, he brings out the old silver tone and oh, he's playing. Yeah. And then he's just kind of like, you know what? Like, I'm not doing this. I'm not a fucking puppet. Like, I'm getting my silver tone. You get to play it if and only if you sing. Right, yeah. Okay, I can tell this is one of those things where I keep saying no and you think I'm just asking you to beg more. Yeah, that's right. Right, well, look, I'm not a trained poodle. I thought singing was a joyous expression of the soul. Yeah. Um, this is, this one's early. Joe should like it. If I had wings or a dove, I'd fly up the river to the one that What? What is that? What are you doing? Well, it's Mike's part. Don't do that. It's Mike's part. I know what it is. Don't do that. Oh, but but it's when she starts and, singing and, and Mike's like, yeah, part. Yeah, then he just like flips out. But oh, it, and it him saying like, him "This too. is my job. Like I don't just like perform like on the on a whim at your like." He's not a like a jokester or a jester, which I don't know if you guys ever get this, but like sometimes I can be funny. But uh, <laughs> but there's there's plenty of times when people are like, oh Nathan, tell this joke or tell this story or like oh here's a guitar, sing. And I'm like I don't I don't feel like doing that. Like, but that's that's better than the opposite. And the guys that I was friends with throughout high school and and into college, a lot of them were musicians. I never really played much of anything, uh, but they always had a band going in some way, shape, or form. And there was one guy, and he was the guy that it, it's like, can people, can a group of friends, can ten people just sit around a campfire or a bonfire and just enjoy each other's company? Why is it every time more than five people enter the room, you've got to go leaping for your guitar and then play shitty music in the background like you're the like the new Bob Dylan? And I always kind of wanted to look at this guy and just say, just put the shit away. Like, mm. Give us a night without your keening in the background. I don't need this in my life right now. Now, there are those that are like desperate for... Look at a, me! Yeah, the look attention. At me. Yeah. <laughs> I brought my K-pop! And davis doesn't have necessarily that vibe to him where it's like "Ooh, like there's people i want to play for them and i want them all to listen to me he is the embodiment of hipster oh my god to the point where and this is like before like hipster and folk music it was it was just on the verge of beginning to the point because that's the end well because that's the ending too the ending is hinting that folk song and folk music is coming to the forefront well, yeah because you bob have dylan. bob dylan because bob dylan which i didn't catch like initially immediately and then as soon as like he kind of started singing i'm like god that sounds familiar 
Wait a minute. So he hits to ride to Chicago with his cat in a heroin addict. <laughs> the and then the heroin addict died. Actually, he, d- he didn't die, did he? But he, but we don't know what happened to Roland Turner. He left him in that car to freeze to death. Probably killed that poor cat. <laughs> he probably, he's, 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 he probably cat killed the poor cat. <laughs> that was gun wretched. Like, no, no, you go back and get that kitty. He's injured. That, he needs your cat. help. I'm so... He just looked at him. <laughs> Bring it back to life with pets. I, I... I was so convinced that the animal that he had hit with that car was going to be the cat that somehow got out of the vehicle. Going going 40 miles an it, hour? And made it all the way, <laughs> and made it all the way to somehow- oh, the cat in, in came this, back the very yeah, next, next day. day. The cat but came it was a back do- and I hit it with a car. <laughs> yeah, and he, he hit a dog, but I mean, it's just- it, there, I there's think so it was like, a cat. No, no, it was a dog. It, was he, it? he he hit a dog, um, but he left the cat with with uh, John Goodman's character oh, in that car. All right, because all the times I watched this, I thought he had hit the cat. Yeah, no, he no, he hit, he hit a dog. But I mean, like, but there's so many unanswered questions for for characters that are introduced and given to us, like. What about the guy who Johnny was driving Five? the car, who apparently got sassy with the car or with the cop? And then he the cop sped away. And I'm thinking, you just left people that in a car. Moment, like that moment that- is so this is where I'm like, you know, giving the movie praise. We're like that moment is so good to show the the chaos of some people's lives where it's like, what the fuck just happened? Like and now, now I have right. to like figure this out. And if any one of us would be looking at this person, going like, "Wait a minute! You just jumped in a car with three, you know, two other random dudes going to a place that you've never been with very little money. You're just kind of winging it, trying to make it. And what happens if you fail? You don't have a place to stay. You're you're bumming, you know, at a place that you're you're screwing the girl and the, like it's. And then when he goes back to his sisters and he has to pay the dues to the merchant marine and then his sister oh, is yeah. thrown out his license, it's like, oh. Like, he can't this win. Is, he yeah, cannot it is, it win. Is a, it is a bit of, it is a tragedy. It is a tragedy. It, uh, I, I sort of feel like the Coen brothers, some of their their scripting and their plot decisions, they just had a giant Dungeons and Dragons table. And that's how they wrote the script. They just periodically, when they needed something to change, they just rolled a dice and, oh. Uh, was that uh, ninety six Orange Cat? Introduce Orange Cat. You you wake up at a, a strange place. Do I know any? Do I know where I am? Fifty two. Your friend's girlfriend. You got pregnant. <laughs> you may may or may not. Uh, can I make some eggs? Sure. You don't know these. <laughs> okay, I make eggs. Hey, yeah, just walk around. Just I, eat I a plate a of undressed oh, okay. eggs. Uh, what do you want to say in the note? Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Sorry for being As you're an leaving, asshole. the cat leaves with you. Oh shit. Okay. Do I need to take care of this cat? No, it's Dean. <laughs> Reflex save, block Four. cat from leaving. <laughs> the cat escapes. It's it's such an interesting notion to where, again, you have blow after blow after blow for this character, and you feel you start to feel bad for him, despite the fact Do that he's a bad? dick. But it, it also starts I, – I mean, I think you start to feel bad for him a little bit because he can't catch a break. He does. Everything that he tries to do, it ends up – Everything that he tries to do, he ends up getting like some type of repercussion put on him. Yeah. He he sings the first time, he gets punched in the face. He sings for the record exec. He tells him like, eh, I don't really see money in you. And I don't know, like nothing really comes yeah, up. Yeah, but he, he gives him like an opportunity, like shave off that beard, make yeah. it a goatee. 
and we'll put you in a tree. Like there was at least something to there put was. food onto the table and maybe a future, but that's not good enough. He's got to be, you know, this has to be always on his term. Watching this movie again after it had come out, you know, seven years ago, for me was like watching Uncut Gems Ooh. again. Like I just <laughs> had so much anxiety going where I'm like, just, just give, give the guy a break. No, no, don't do that. Oh, fuck. And it's also... You did yeah, this to make yourself. better decisions. Like, <laughs> you are the company you keep. And when he's just taking these, like, kind of random rides and, like, yeah, I'll just do this or hopefully this will work out. But he's – I feel like he's more calculated than just, like, random will. Like, oh, I, you know, he's not stupid about it. Like, he is always kind of calm, cool, and collected, which is also why when- it's like well, – why have you not figured this out, dude? Like you feel like you've got it all together, but you just well, you and can, that's you that's kind of he the, doesn't, he doesn't want to be a sellout. But then he right. does, he does sell out when he goes and he makes like the the more pop jingle, the you know Kennedy uh, oh. <laughs> uh, oh, outer space, <laughs> which but I, that's I also wish what the- there there needed to be like at least. 20 to 30 percent more adam driver of this because I, I wanted more of that character too um didn't you yeah, yeah yeah that was that was pretty good he was just that one scene and i wanted more <laughs> but i mean that that's also like how the um what was it the uh the 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 semi-girlfriend married to the friend who i mean she was she was asking him like don't you ever think about the future and he's all like like flying cars and you know, spaceships. And she's like, okay, stop being, stop being you for one second. She's probably the most honest person in this entire film, despite the fact of her irrational her <laughs> behavior, just, just despite her irrational behavior for having this like craziness about her, but she's almost like warranted the craziness for possibly being pregnant. But like just her rant of like, you're an asshole. You don't know if it's mine. No, how would I know? So it could be Jim's. Yes. Asshole! You don't want it either way, to be clear. To be clear, asshole, you fucking asshole. I want very much to have it if it's Jim's. That's what I want. But since I don't know, you not only fuck things up by fucking me and maybe making me pregnant, but even if it's not yours, I can't know that. So I have to get rid of what might be a perfectly fine baby. A baby I want because everything you touch turns to shit! You're an asshole. You know what? I should have had you wear a double condom. And you know what? If you ever do it, frankly, don't do it. Do the world a favor because everything you touch turns to shit. You're an asshole. You are such an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you this. I asked you that question a little bit earlier, but out of the three people writing that song, it very, I think it really does like represent like people in life. There are the creators, the Justin Timberlakes. There are the people that the critics, the ones that always have something to say, or it's like, mm, who who wrote this? You know, of you know the <laughs> the Oscar Isaacs, and then you have the Adam Drivers of the people that like are there. They give some background. They do some. They're just happy. They're to just be you there. know just going outer space. <laughs> Which one do you think that you fall into? What are you? Give me give me the options one more time. So you have the creator, someone who create mm-hmm. who just likes to create things. You have mm-hmm. the person that critiques and is always like, mm, mm, really? Or the person that's just kind of there giving flavor to the madness. 
God, it's it, it, is it bad that I feel like I fit kind of like all three people? No. Because I I can definitely relate to all three in a certain in a certain way. Like I like to be creative. Like for instance, I've been doing lots of baking. Am I yeah. partaking in my own baking? Not necessarily. I'm giving away or lower selling a Get lot of loads. It's a bit supply. stodgy. Yeah, that was a soggy bottom. Soggy bottom. So, soggy bottom. Critiquing. I mean, obviously, I critique a lot. Not only for like my job. I'm critiquing students' work. I'm critiquing like how they're learning. We critique on this podcast. Mm. And uh, frankly, I, I kind of also like to just sit back, observe, and add to some madness if I can. There you go. I think I'm uh, the the yin and yang of creator and critic because I have fun writing the intros. I I kind of get into that, but I also critique the shit out of stuff. But, but maybe it would be better to state it as the creator and judgmental prick. There you go, podcaster host Salt Bay. <laughs> because when I'm with, I feel like cert- when I'm with certain people. I noticed that I can be very critique Jud- and judgy. Mm, that's not as I'm. I'm kind of hipster about that, which is very judgy. But when I'm by myself, I'm very much the creator of just like, ooh, like, and this would be kind of cool, and this would be kind of cool. But I don't tend to broadcast my creativity as much anymore. Well, you have I no just, one else. You have no one to sit by and also critique your own creativity. Yeah. So let the juices flow. I devil's advocate a lot of shit. Oh, I like, do that prob- too. Don't worry. too much. Don't worry. I, I always like to see both sides. But in most scenarios, <laughs> I feel like I am the loud background. I, I would agree with that. You're Adam Driver I'm, in this sense. You're just happy happy to be there, just making making your tunes. Outer space! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm happy to be there. If I'm at a table at like a restaurant, I just want us to be the loud table so other tables go, God, I hate them. What are they talking about? What? Oh, God. What? What what did they order? I'm going to have my name changed. It's okay. That's that's what's going on. Did you guys like this film? Like overall? Uh, So the best way I could put it is. Like, I I appreciate it for what it is, but for instance, Picasso. I understand he's a well-regarded artist. I can understand why. I just don't like his art. It doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't make me feel anything. It, it, But other people seem to enjoy it. I feel the same way about Llewellyn Davis. I can see why it's so well-regarded, by, especially mm-hmm. by critics and you know i can see some of the attention to detail but it just doesn't do anything for me it doesn't like a, a slower movie like this at least should have some poignancy to it something that at least you gotta feel but this left me with very very few feels like i i feel like i was the same person i was before i i watched it it didn't didn't change how i think or thought or felt about anything I think that you're almost naturally as an audience member watching a story like this, if it starts off shitty and the person has high hopes and you see the potential factors there for growth, that you want growth to happen. But that doesn't necessarily take place in this movie. So you don't you don't really have a happy ending. It's like a Coen Brothers mixed with Seinfeld. <laughs> It's a movie nothing. about nothing, <laughs> and nobody learns anything. <laughs> and there's uh, and there's catchy music along the way. <laughs> you know, honestly, I I don't I don't hate this movie. I really don't either. I I don't hate it, but I think currently right now I'm at a point where I don't I don't see the hype as to why it's so well regarded. Again, much like Jack, I can find beautiful and like really nice things about this movie. 
let's let's avoid the obvious and not say the music. Some of the lighting in here, I think, is really done well. I think it's it's almost it's almost it's it's shot it is shot beautifully, well and done. it's almost separative to where it doesn't even matter if it's a period piece and set in like 1963 or 62. Mm. It doesn't matter there. Kind of like how you were saying, like, I, I, is this a period piece? I don't understand really what I'm watching. This can be subjective to anywhere and any time, honestly, for anyone who's trying to be creative and find an outlet for themselves and really make something of their lives. I think that is very, very poignant for this film that it can be applied to anything and everywhere. But overall, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's okay. I, I think it's, I think it's, it's good. It's good, but it's not great. And I think, I think it definitely deserves a second viewing, which I probably will, but Eh. Another analogy, I, I, and I watch a lot of cooking shows, and I watch a lot of like the chef's table stuff. And if you're going to shell out that kind of money for a meal, like I want like that like $400 piece of Wagyu, you know, Kobe beef or, or whatever, and just, just a big, gorgeous meal. What I don't want, and I, what I think this movie is more akin to, is when they bring you like the little, like, this is a little piece of salmon sashimi with truffle foam. Yep. And it's like this tiny little piece of food. Yeah, this is fine, but like I'm I kind of want a burger right now. Does that make sense? Like yeah. nail on the head, boom. That's because this movie there doesn't there isn't a lot of meat on the bone necessarily. You have to gnaw at some of it to really get the flavor, but ultimately i find myself why am i chewing on this like why why am i not just why did i not just order something else on the menu completely why am i even at this restaurant because you know i get it it's a cohen's brothers it's got great yelp reviews they there's some there's some meals here <laughs> say yelp yeah there's some meals here that are are really good and i probably should you yelp a movie no no he's just he's going Go off the, he's riffing off the food <laughs> oh okay i was like can you Yelp there are some, uh, you know, dishes here that are pretty well rated. So maybe I've gone with that, but this is what I've got. And I'm going to eat it, kind of nod, and then just resort to memory and say, you know what? I'm not going to probably order this again. I've had it. I could recommend it to someone if in the instance they're wanting that kind of more abstract not a popcorn film. I mean, oh, yeah, this is, you know, I, I watched that. It's pretty good. You know, it's okay. It's okay. But yeah, it's... Yeah. If I was going to go Coen Brothers, I would have 100% gone with Raising Arizona. I I feel like that it, it still has the same journey, the same sort of, you know, the protagonist, and it, but it had, like, and John Goodman, but it, it, it went somewhere. It did things. Stuff happened. I laughed. It made me feel you, you sort of this. I don't know. I, I'm very muted about this movie. Yep. Hmm. And my reaction to it. Yeah. I, but thanks, Juan. <laughs> yeah, but thanks, for not, thanks for the Cohen <laughs> brother film I skipped. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's a great movie. I just, I love the critic. There it is. Out of a score. What would you give this? Hmm. This would be a three string guitar out of a six string needed to play an actual song uh so yeah it gets it gets three out of six strings one half you know it's not enough it's not enough to make a full album so if we're gonna go double disc or 
or uh, you know double record set. Unfortunately, this is just a single. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to give it like a three out of five, and I think that's a generous three out of five because I like the music so much. But I don't know. I think I think it definitely much like I think a lot of Coen Brothers movies. I think it bears the second viewing. But uh, yeah, but I mean Coen Brothers, they're they're not gospel. I mean, no, 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 no. There are some movies of theirs that I hate. They're the the serious man. Oh, I watched that once and I I said never again. What same thing? What what the hell is going on here? <laughs> there it is. But uh, some of my favorite movies are Coen Brother movies. Yeah. Well, Juan, once again, thank you for calling in to the Touche Line. We truly, truly appreciate you. We think, and furthermore, like, thank you for giving us a movie. Thank you for giving us a movie to discuss. This genuinely, genuinely was a lot of fun, despite you know some, you know. Maybe some ill feelings on it in a little bit. Yeah. But thank you for that. Can't all be winners. Can't always be sunny. <laughs> in Philadelphia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good lord. Shit. Well, uh, coming up for the Real Feels podcast for episode 77, Nathan is bringing us some fantasy. heroic fantasy. <laughs> Avast! <laughs> I'm gone. It's Earl Flynn. <laughs> And then That's I'll it, be. <laughs> it's her. There you go. <laughs> uh, and I'll be rounding out the season with literary adaptation. Ooh. Exciting. And then season four. <gasps> season four, which we still need to decide on. Yeah. A new title for which we're kind of cl- we're uh, we're coming down to the wire for. Some people have given us uh, some suggestions. All right. Always looking for more folks. If you uh, if you have an idea about what season four for the Real Feels podcast could be called, give us your thoughts. We want to hear it from you. Give us your thoughts. Tooch, and what tooch. a better way to give us your thoughts than to call the Tooch line, <laughs> uh, folks? Why do you hate me? Just call the Tooch line. Why do you hate we just, the Tooch we, line? We just we, we want to hear from. From our fans, you're just out there, and you're you with your <laughs> tweets, and just just be you know stop by, stay a while. Me me toochline as two toochline as <laughs> two toochline. So guys, if you want to call the toochline, <laughs> it's it's two toochline. You can call six six one three seven six zero zero three zero. But of course, as always, if you do not want to call the toochline, you don't want to leave your voice or anything like that. You can find us up on Facebook. Just search for the Real Feels Podcast on Twitter at Real Feels Pod. Or shoot us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. Before we go, can we talk real quick, like, yes. not no more than two minutes about Oscar Isaac being cast at a solid snake? I did hear about that. Hmm. But, uh... Yeah, I saw... I was, I saw was never a, uh... A PlayStation guy. <gasps> I never really played... M- Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear yeah. Solid. I mean... That was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> I, I was a PlayStation guy, but I never played those games. But I know what it I know There's exactly what it is. Good ones, let me just say. Anyways. Okay. And I mean just like in just like a PlayStation guy, I never played Tomb Raider. Is it because you've been too busy playing Paul Blart, the video game Doorbusters? <laughs> in the future, that's what Cyberpunk twenty twenty seven is. It's just a it's just a version of Paul Blart Mall Cop that just running around Night City Mall. <laughs> You're the underdog. <laughs> <laughs> my revenge is going to be like Jack's going to be so wasted on New Year's that I'm going to put on Paul Blart and he's not going to be able to do anything. <laughs> I if I was that wasted I would pass out and um, that's okay. It would still be a victory. Okay. Well, no, no, that that that's like raping my television. Ooh. 
I, I would. I will write some cowboy poetry about that. Uh, I'm not. You shall not pass. I can't wait till like I actually draw a genre and I get to make you guys watch Paul Blart. Or if someone wants to join Patreon. Well, we have another Tremors hey, coming up? up, Drew. Hey, hey, Tremors. Tremors is a standard and it is a tradition on this podcast. And on that note, from all of us here at Real Feels, wishing you a uh, wonderful time, uh, happy holidays, and you're the realist. And the feelist. And how? Outer space! <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs>